Welcome to the Maze of Thoughts podcast. You can reach us at Discord, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Miss Nomer, the neophyte psychologist, here with Apollyon, our music correspondent and anecdotal liaison, and Dice Dracul, our blossoming illustrator. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey, it's great to be back again. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And today we're going to be discussing five ways of self-improvement. So, let's get started, everyone. The first way of self-improvement is creating time to ponder. I like to do those things by sitting and kind of meditating from time to time, sitting in a quiet spot where I can begin to gather my thoughts. How about you guys? For me, Mm. creating time to ponder is all the time. Usually I find myself getting lost in thought a lot and I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I think being able to express your thoughts and have like creative thinking is like such a great like thing to express. So I think any moment is great for you to just think about anything, you know, keep your mind active and just express however you feel in any way you find uh, fitting. So for me, typically I think by walking. So I get off my chair and I walk around the house talking to myself uh, loudly. Not loud, not shouting, but (laughs) yeah, just regularly talking and walking around the house, uh, which gives me a few things to improve myself, which is talking. Because sometimes if you spend time by yourself or too much time by yourself uh, sitting in front of your computer and you don't talk too much because you're just watching things or just whatever you don't really because talking is a skill just like anything else and sometimes you take it for granted until you get to that point where well I'm pretty terrible at talking now so (laughs) so yeah I got to that point and I'm still at that point so I'm still improving and still trying to improve so yeah I'm getting better though and it also improves your sort of like motivation I guess because by talking it gives you a little bit more ambition if you will and Mm -hmm. it gives you more that will to thrive and because you're like it it sounds better when you're talking when it's out loud you know what i mean it's like it's not just a thought anymore it's out there because you talked about it because you said it it's a voice now so yeah it's pretty much what i do and that's how i create time to ponder oh yeah i mean so for my job um i work as a case manager for seniors and my job is to visit them in their homes within a certain jurisdiction so I'm a big walker I enjoy walking all the time and there's a lot of time on my commute to get to my consumers homes so that's normally the time I take to walk and think too because there's a lot to think about Mm -hmm. so what about why would you need to improve yourself or creating that kind of time? Like, what kind of stressors happen in your life where you need to create a time to sit and think? Okay. Um, so about that. See, it's when you are spending a lot of time in front of your computer 
using the internet nowadays, you are just overwhelmed with negativity. And we mm -hmm. talked about this earlier. And yeah. in, unfortunately, this is very unfortunate that the world has developed itself this way. But somehow negativity attracts way more than positivity does. Mm -hmm. Because it's everywhere. Everything is negative. A few things are positive. I feel like anyways. And I'm not saying like you should live your life in a negative manner. Not at all. You should always look at things on the positive side of, you know, the spectrum. But it's, you know, you go watch the news. Most things are negative. You watch, um, not, not watch, but you read the papers. Most things are negative. It's somebody got killed or somebody committed crimes or rapists, murderers, serial killers, whatever. The government is, you know, being aggressive towards its people or whatever. It's just negative, negativity all over the place. Unfortunately, again, it's because it sells. Yeah. And just like Megadeth used to say <laughs> with their song title, Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? Oh... I would I would have to agree with you, Apollyon. I feel like, um, yeah, people do get really invested in all this uh, different sources of information that we're giving, you know, with TV and the internet and stuff. And uh, people are taking just this giant influx of um, of information, but like they don't really understand it. Like you become so numb to all these things that are happening. You mm -hmm. take in information, but you don't process it. That's why people, you know, when it comes to bad or negative things people are um they forget about it and they go on to the next thing because we become so numb to just bad things so i think it's important to just take time to think about the impacts of what's going on around us and and maybe how we can improve stuff for the better mm -hmm. and most importantly improve yourself mm -hmm. of course so do you guys want to hear tip number two mm -hmm. yes please i just want to say this just to end this this subject of ours mm -hmm. before you try to improve others improve yourself because you'll never improve others if you yourself are flawed so oh that's true there we go moving mm -hmm. on mm. so how about tip number two make learning a habit i know uh, i'm in school right now um so i have no choice but to learn <laughs> But one thing I like to do is if I'm having a conversation with someone and they bring up a topic or even a word that I'm not familiar with, I will Google it or just simply ask them what they mean or what they're talking about, because there's always an opportunity to learn something. So striving to improve yourself includes being willing to step outside your comfort zone and learn something new habitually. I, yeah, I agree. I think it's always important to kind of keep your mind thinking, whether it's like learning a new craft or just reading a book. I mean, um, one one story I have in particular of just the different ways that you can learn something new is um, I knew someone who was kind of going down a bad path and like, you know, gangs and stuff and just like trying to be cool and whatever and it was actually his grandma who he who he met who was a medicine woman mm. from the, the deep areas of Mexico and like you wouldn't think 
you know, someone who is as hard as a gangster as him would take interest in learning about his culture, a culture who he has never really been, um, you know, introduced to. But like, learning something new hmm. can totally change a person. And it doesn't have to be the original, like, oh, learn a sport, like, learn how to paint. It could be that connection you have with another person, with a culture, with with new ideas and practices that could totally change your mindset and, like, how you feel. So, like, when it comes to learning, it doesn't have to be traditional school or, like, learning an instrument. It could be pretty much anything. As long as you keep your mind fresh and you put yourself out there and you always try to put your best foot forward, when it comes to um, improving yourself for the better, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, for me about this, it's... <laughs> I... My nature is at times, and we talked about this before, but my nature at times can be annoying because... I don't know if you remember that conversation, Miss Namer. And nice <laughs> to you were there as well, but... You remember when you talked about you had a person you went to the movies with and this person studied yes. um, oh, cinema, yes. so they were, yes. So <laughs> my nature is I always like to think of the logical way of things happening and that means learning. So basically, sometimes you make mistakes, obviously, as with everything. Sometimes you look at a phone and you think the phone works a certain way and it actually works completely different. Uh, and, you know, but when you have a, a sort of an understanding of how generally things function, then you go from there and it's, it's just naturally happening. But yeah, I have this way of logically looking at everything and how it functions and how it works. So I'm always trying to learn what everything around me does. So, for example, if I look at a microphone, it's like, how does this capture audio and transforms what I just said into data inside of a computer? And I think about the computer. How is the computer keeping this in here? What is, huh? What the disc? How is the disc? The disc work? Like for example, the first time I got this uh, this computer of mine, it uses a solid state drive, and I was like, how is this thing so much faster and so much so much smaller compared to the mechanical disc drives? And I figured out it was because it's completely electronic because it's there's no mechanical side to it it just functions through the transferring of data and whatnot so yeah it, it <laughs> it's sometimes it can be a curse sometimes it can be a blessing but um yeah that's kind of how i stand with the learning situation honestly no, I, it makes a lot of sense. People approach these situations very differently and they modify it to make it work for them. So I completely understand. I mean, making things a habit can be difficult at first only because it's something that's new and something that you're exploring for the first time. But when it comes to learning, we're constantly learning. It's just a matter of being mindful and consistent in it. So are mm -hmm. you guys ready for tip number three? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. okay. 
Tip number three in ways of self-improvement are to stop wasting your nights and get rest. Oh, Oof. boy. Oh, I'm going to go first on this one because uh, <laughs> I'm probably the worst here because uh, I think you have busy lives and I'm the one that doesn't do anything. I'm like the freeloader um, <laughs> of the podcast. I mean, not that I don't do anything. I'm always, th I'm always thinking about things to sort of try and be creative and whatnot. Unfortunately, because I'm not negative enough, people don't pay attention to me. Or I don't provide negativity. I can be negative, but I'm negative trying to provide positivity. I think that's how it's put. But I... Hmm. So what would be considered... Let's, let's have a little debate here or whatever. What would be considered wasting your nights? Exactly. I would think if you wasting your nights, I would translate that to, I guess, not making the most of your time. Normally, nighttime, because of our uh, circadian rhythm. Nighttime. Daytime. <laughs> nighttime. Daytime. What is that from? <laughs> it was some kind, some YouTube video uh, with voiceovers for a nature documentary. <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. But um, I think because the nighttime in evolutionarily for humans, I guess, and animals, uh, we're supposed to use that time to sleep and reach our REM cycle, which is our rapid eye movement cycle. When we dream and when our body repairs itself, our mind is at rest, supposedly, and is kind of decompressing from the stress of the day. If you're not sleeping or getting adequate sleep, it'll impact your processing when you wake up, um, which is why insomnia is an issue at times for people, is that people that have insomnia have a tendency to be really tired when they are awake and just have a really hard time when they go to sleep or try to sleep. They don't reach that REM cycle that's needed for that repairing process. So I think if you're wasting your nights and not getting rest. It's a harsh way of saying that you should slow yourself down enough that you're able to sleep. But, you know, we have to take certain situations into consideration. Like in okay, so basically, if I, for example, spend, let's say, two to three hours watching live streams or YouTube videos, but not just watching but also possibly taking ideas for future projects is this still wasting my night because even though I'm taking ideas it could be useless ideas that I don't really sort of evolve from just an idea is I it still it, wasting my night or if it impacts your functionality in other areas of your life, then I think it would be considered wasting because you're not utilizing it the best way you can, which would be resting. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. I still got rest. It just, I, 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 let's just say it's not like I sleep like three hours and I'm awake. I think I still sleep. I think I still have a good amount of sleep, but it's just not the, for example, typically I spend 
but not actually not typically scratch that completely because I actually have sometimes I drift away from it but typically what I do is I actually have a decent schedule now the thing is um, for instance like last night I spent most most of my time playing games uh, but that's because I wanted to and it's it was Friday so what I do is I typically like throughout the weekdays I try my very best to sort of keep that you know regular person who goes to a nine-to-five job schedule in terms of sleeping and whatnot I try to not be awake I can't go I cannot for the life of me go to sleep at like 10 p.m. But uh, yeah, midnight, 1, 2 a.m. typically. And then I wake up at like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., something like that. And yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, that schedule works for you and for the things that you do. Whereas for me, um, because of my work schedule, um, I have to be in the office by 8.30. So in order for me to get, I guess what would be considered an adequate amount of sleep, I would need to go to bed around 10, 30, 11 at the latest to get a good night's rest so that I'm up and ready to perform for the next day. But that doesn't always happen because now that I'm back in school, I have projects that I need to complete as well as readings and all kinds of things. So I try to take that time to get my projects done. <laughs> and but completely means- unrelated, uh-huh. I feel like... Well, unrelated, but also related. Uh, but I feel like cultural differences happen here because you guys in America and also in England, it feels like you go to bed really early compared to like us down here and uh, maybe a few other countries. But we typically don't go to bed until like 11 or midnight it's just it doesn't happen even for people to work nine to five and whatnot and still have to wake up at like 6 a.m <laughs> in in england people go to bed like 9 to 10 p.m it's crazy it was crazy to me when i went to england and i i saw this happen like what you're going to bed at 9 p.m what what is wrong with you it's just, it's just a cultural shock, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that was all I had to add. Uh, I mean, that's also something that can be taken into consideration, is cultural factors. Because here... Uh, it depends on what stage of life you're in, too. Like, mm-hmm. in college, people stay up all hours of the night, binge watching things or studying or going out and partying and they don't go to bed till early 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 in the morning and then have to get up super early for classes or they go to bed really late and don't get up until noon because classes don't start then so it's just about basing it off of your general situation and then modifying it accordingly how can you make the most of those nights getting rest as opposed to you know wasting them what do you think dice um, as someone who struggles with going to sleep, um, it's, it like kind of factors in. Part of it is like medical, so I need to take, you know, like medicine to go to sleep. Another part of it is I'm actually like doing art and stuff, which might be, you know, hindering my, um, 
how much sleep I get. Um, but when it when it comes in, re in regards to like wasting my nights, I definitely have a lot of um, times where that's happened. Usually, if I do intend on staying up, it's to work on a project, and I have something in mind. And if I like get sidetracked and I don't do it, I would consider that a wasted night. Or if I'm just like taking a chill night to myself, because sometimes like the day's so hectic, I I didn't. I need to take that time of me, like just being able to think by myself in the quiet to just kind of like go over, you know, I I consider the nighttime my pondering time, going back was, to the first. I was going to say that. The nighttime is like a mix of pondering time. So it's kind of hard to get a good night's rest when you also need to fit in time to just think, or at least personally for me. But um, yeah, if I, if I don't get my drawings done, I would consider that a wasted night. Or if I don't, but don't learn something useful is another thing. There's some nights where I just stay up all night watching cooking shows and like stuff I'll never intend on doing. <laughs> and I'll try to justify it like, oh, maybe one day I might need to make like seven layered lasagna with like hot Cheetos and like Taco Bell tacos. <laughs> but in reality, no, that's just my excuse to like do something that's unproductive. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I should have to get some sleep. You guys should probably get some sleep too. The the seven layered lasagna taco can probably wait. And sleeping is honestly, it's a privilege that not a lot of people have. Like if it's your work, that's making you have it. to. <laughs> you hate sleeping? Yes. Wait, well, there's why? A lot of people in the world who don't get the opportunity to get a good night's rest. So I think it's important to just realize. Um, you know, count your blessings, I guess. Oh, yeah, because my brother just started a night shift position. Oh, that's going to be rough to make that switch between day to night and stuff. It is. Like, I can't imagine um, doing that. I remember one of my co-workers, uh, she was working her daytime job with me. And then at nighttime, she would go in night shift as a security guard. And then she was also going to school on top of that. So it was just got so stressful for her trying to, she would go to work at 8.30 and leave at 4.30, go to her job at 6, and then from 6 o'clock, or sorry, 8, from like 8 o'clock until like, I don't know, 6 in the morning or something, she would come back to work and start it all over again. So she didn't really get too much rest. I think she did that job at least three days a week out of the five that she was working with me. And oh my gosh, she was knocked out during the weekends. And there's studies Aww. that say you, <laughs> there's studies that say you can't catch up on sleep. And I mm -hmm. say that in quotations, catch up, because your body just doesn't function that way. It's either you're sleeping well or you're not, but you have to make it consistent. That goes with making it a habit. Sleep having an actual cycle. So either you are or you aren't. And that's scary when I think about it. I can't imagine doing doing that. I mean, like going back to, um, you know, the whole idea of like not wasting your nights and getting some rest instead. I know it's a, a really hard for some people if they have a busy schedule to have a consistent sleep thing. But I highly recommend, like, if you can try to like pick out a time to just take a nap like every day if you can. I used to do that oh. for a while when I was in school and I was uh, doing marching band at the same time, I would go home, I would take like an hour nap, and then I would go to band. And I would do that like every day. And like, honestly, that helps so much. Just getting that extra hour of sleep and having that consistent like 
one hour for me to just like get some rest and like rejuvenate myself before I have to go do exercise. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Because and, and again- like, like going on uh, off what Apollyon said, how like, uh, like how in England they were going to bed really early, but like I, I know like in Spain and stuff, like they have siestas, which is like the, the midday nap and stuff. So that might be why some places who do take that practice of having a nap might be able to stay up longer and wake up earlier than some places who don't do that practice. I mean, hmm. I mean that's definitely true. I know quite a few people that even though they get tired during midday, they refuse to take a nap because it disrupts their ability to sleep later in the night. So they force <laughs> themselves to stay awake with coffee and any other stimulant they can think of because otherwise they're just going to be passed out and then not get a good night's rest. Sleep. (laughs) Okay, well, actually, this kind of segues into point number four. Are you guys ready? Yep. Okay. So the fourth way to improve yourself is get to know the nature of your own desire. Uh, How that translates for me it's just understanding your body. Uh, not necessarily just your body, but understand what you want and how best to achieve it. How you function. Kind of like how Apollyon was saying that, you know, he doesn't really like sleep too much, so he's going to utilize that time differently. Mm-hmm. I completely understand that. If you're, If you feel that you can make the most of your situation in a different way than how it's prescribed, understand that that is how you work. And that is your desire. So why not? Mm-hmm. And um, for me, how to interpret um, getting to know the nature of your desires, like I think that could be applied to like almost anything when it comes to a person. Like when I first read it, I thought of it as just getting to know what you want out of life, or like just making the kind of like a small list of like the route you want to take hmm. in regards to like self improvement. Because usually. Especially with younger people, because I know a lot of people from my, my old high school who are getting ready to leave. This is a really stressful time for them because they haven't made, you know, that list of what they want to get out of life or like they, they don't have a set plan. So they're feeling a lot more stressed than someone who's like, oh, I already know I'm going to go to college for this many years. I'm going to get a job, this, this and that. So I think um, if you just kind of uh, schedule, schedule yourself out, even if it's like just day by day you want to have you want to have a goal in mind and you want to you I should say you should aim to get something done at least each day whether it be something small or like just always have something in mind that you've done never let yourself be idle I can dig it what do you think Apollyon hmm the nature of my own desires um well my desire is currently is just pretty much to succeed and be independent, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I don't I don't know how to explain this one um, too too well to be honest, but <laughs> it's I don't know. It's like uh, I guess you just have to look for the thing that gives you ambition and gives you inspiration to move on and again that that is pretty much what desire should translate to but 
yeah just find the thing that truly makes you get off bad and succeed and i can talk about this because when i was in england working on a construction site i hated i absolutely hated getting up in the morning and i actually hated going to bed because you know i i knew that the next morning i would have to wake up and go to do the same thing which kind of could go into sort of like a sub subject here of do something you love to improve yourself rather than keeping yourself in something in this vicious cycle of things that you're just doing out of convenience because convenience is not going to give you happiness in the long mm-hmm. term so That's you true. need to pursue what really makes you get off the bad and be happy that you got off your bad and carrying on with your life throughout the day because if you don't do that it's going to cause depression stress and exhaustion exhaust the words um you're gonna feel exhausted all the time and it's just not a good thing so my advice in this situation is absolutely keep something if you have to if it's the only option you have just go do a job that you know is not necessarily what you really love doing but always keep on pursuit after something that truly makes you happy whatever that is unless it's killing people don't do that <laughs> try to find something yeah, else yeah. we don't kill but <laughs> yeah but um you know just like find something that really inspires you and really gives you ambition to continue and carry on with your life and you know because you only have one until proven differently we only have one life and we got to make the best of it and you know by doing the best of it it's you're going to have dignity by the end of your life and i think that's a very important thing to have by the time you are about to perish and um i think leaving with dignity is leaving with a legacy most of all because uh if you leave which is something like i i don't pursue ways of doing things the easy way all the time i'm typically pursuing challenges for the most part because i feel like that's the most rewarding thing because if you if you try to do things the easiest way possible it's always going to feel like try to find the best word here but it's it's always going to feel like sort of a it's not it's going to leave a void at some point so that makes yeah sense. yeah so by definition desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen so you got a yearning for a craving for a hankering for and i that sums it up i mean what do you naturally want i think is a big part of it too because naturally um i enjoy spending time with people that i care about even though that's not always possible it's something that drives a lot of my 
actions and reasons for doing things. If I can work enough hours and get enough money, then I'll be more comfortable or have a space that I can utilize for more social interaction with people I care about. Or if for, you know, the sake of argument, something bad happens to me, I want to make sure that I am able to take care of myself in addition to the people that I'm looking after, like my friends and loved ones. So my natural desire to be close to people that I care about drives me to do things that I may not necessarily want to do, but things that I have to do to get to a place where I want to be. So I completely understand that. Is following those desires and having that motivation to move is really important, even if it's something really small. Like, for example, if you have depression or you're suicidal and you don't feel like there's anything to live for, nobody believes in you, you're a waste of space and nobody wants you, get yourself a pet. Because now you have another living thing to care for. Something that can silently be there for you. Something that will provide you that companionship if you don't necessarily want to be around other people. And also, you kind of have to be there to take care of it. So it gives you some motivation to keep going. I mean, that's worked for a few people that I know, but everybody's different. That's great advice because animals don't care who you are, mm -hmm. what you look like. They just, as long as you show affection, they're going to be yours and they're not going to care about anything else. Yep, exactly. And it's, they're not, they don't, they're not judgmental either. So even if you're, you don't feel too great or you're having a really bad day, they're not going to like curse you out or call you bad names or tell you that, <laughs> you know, every, all the thoughts that are swirling around your head, that that's not what they're thinking. They're just happy to be there with you. Yeah. And humans need to take a lot of lessons from animals on that regard because agreed a lot of humans don't uh pursue very nice um ways of living their lives and uh being respectful towards others and whatnot so humans take notes when you see animals yes learn from them because they have a lot to teach us do what the and Native sure Americans you, do. Make sure you pet them too, because they deserve to be loved. Humans or animals? Uh, uh, animals. Don't okay. pet another person without their permission. <laughs> yeah, that might not end too well. So, speaking of physicality, are you guys ready for our fifth and final self-improvement tip? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys, the final tip is take care of yourself physically. Now, oh. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are thinking the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, man, I got to go to the gym. Oh, man, I got to eat healthy. Oh, man, I got to make sure I look good. No, in my opinion, that's not the only thing about, you know, taking care of yourself physically. Sleep has a lot to do with that, the physical aspect of it. So kind of going back to our number three tip, making sure you get adequate rest, make sure that everything is kind of functioning the way it's supposed to. Uh, making sure that you pay attention when your body speaks to you. If you are in pain, 
for one reason or another, or you notice that your body's not acting the way it normally does, don't ignore those signs. Go out, make a doctor's appointment if you're able to, and just get a checkup. See what's going on. Because the sooner you address these things, the more likely you are to kind of get yourself back on track without any additional issues. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. You're being, taking care of your physical being is important because that's the only vessel you have. So if it starts breaking down on you, eh, you kind of have to deal with that. Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't take, I don't really take care of my physique <laughs> at all. Or I mean, <laughs> of myself physically for that matter. Um, I mean, about this thing is, I agree with the thing where if you, like, if it starts to be a bother, if it starts to sort of, like, be a burden throughout your days and all of that stuff, you need to start looking into yourself and, like, hmm, I need to improve it. Because otherwise, it's just, like, it's going to be a burden. You're going to have that on your shoulders throughout your days and whatnot, and if you don't do anything about it, eventually it might collapse or something. So, yeah, yeah but I mean, personally, personally, I don't really eat badly, so I'm overweight, that's for sure. Uh, I'd rather say I'm fat. I, some people are offended by that, I'm not. I'm fat, <laughs> it's a fact. Uh, and I'm not offended by it one single bit. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm obese. Or obese... Obese is another word for fat as well, I know. But I rather... F I think... F I like to see it as fat is one thing, obese is a thing a little bit more than just fat. I think... Oh, yeah. That obese goes within the realm of having uh, health problems and right. mobility issues. Yes. So, I don't have that. I mean, if if I am to jump a wall, the thin person, the fit, healthy person is going to do it faster than me. But I can also do it. So, with that said, yes, I don't think I'm obese. But, I until it gives me issues where... I mean, again, if I was sitting in, in front of my computer for like six hours straight without moving whatsoever. Now that is concerning. Now that is bad. But I typically don't really do that because yes, I am most of my time sitting in front of my computer throughout my days. However, I'm constantly at least like 30 minutes uh, typically uh, as an interval I'm getting up and Again, doing the pondering, so to speak, and walking throughout the house, talking to myself, getting creative, figuring out ideas and whatnot. So, you know, it's really, it has not been an obstacle just yet. If it becomes an obstacle, then I probably will have to look into it and try to fix that obstacle, but, or overcome that obstacle. But uh, so far, yeah. And also, you know, I'm lazy, so, but I'm still 
confident and I'm still okay in my shoes. So with that said, I'm still okay with who I am and what I look like and what I am. I think that's really important. I mean, being able being comfortable with who you are, that's another bit of self-improvement or just self-awareness and just understanding the nature of your own desires. You like the way you are. That's really all that matters. If it's not causing you any physical problems or, you know, you don't have any mental health issues as a result of how you feel about yourself, I I don't believe that there is an issue in living your life that way. And if you see that there's a problem, there's always something that you can do in a healthy and productive manner that can help with that. So no, mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Like as far as and you know, I'm a really active person. Like really, really active to the point where sometimes it becomes problematic. Like I need to sit down somewhere and actually use tip number 1 and create time to ponder my life. Because <laughs> it seems like I'm running from something. But basically, um like I do mixed martial arts classes two times a week, which are 2 hours in length, and then I walk probably eh, around about 5 miles every week or so so I mean like I don't sit down really I'm constantly moving but that's just how I choose to do things I enjoy moving and I enjoy making sure I keep track of everything that goes with my body also I have a log that I keep for various changes that I witness so that I can bring it with me when I go to see my primary care doctor and say hey doc is this normal <laughs> Hey, is this what's going on? Help me out here. This is weird. My doctor is sick of me because I will <laughs> consistently email her and say, Hey, uh, this is happening. Should I be concerned? And she's like, well, no, if it's not bothering you, then no, you should be fine. But I stay on top of my <laughs> my vaccinations, um, my doctor's visits, my blood work. I'm very, okay, very... Okay, so you're completely the opposite of me. I'm I have very... not seen a doctor in like probably 10 years. No, Apollyon. You have. No. Oh my goodness, that hurts. No. That, no, that is your mentality telling you that it's wrong, but it's That's not true. really that wrong. That's true. It really is. I'm, I'm projecting. Bad juju. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bad There you go. <laughs> Stop that. No more, Miss Nover. No more. But yes. This whole um, medical talk is actually pretty interesting, like, seeing how, like, how it varies between two people, like, how Pauline hasn't gone in 10 years, and, like, how Miss Namer has, like, direct contact with her, her own personal doctor and stuff, so it's, it's interesting. What about you, Dice? What do you um, do? I'm really shy when I talk to my doctor. They're like, well, you're becoming an adult. You have any important pressing questions? I'm always too shy to ask them anything, which is really bad because... You know, not everyone has access to a doctor, and I feel kind of like, like I'm taking advantage that I had the opportunity. Like, I don't know, I feel bad when I don't ask him stuff just because I'm nervous, because there's so many other people in that world who would love to just be able to talk to a doctor and have like their own, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish I was more open with my doctor about stuff, but taking care of yourself physically, um, I feel like I don't do that. I don't know, I'm at that age where like, I could eat anything, and I'm like, it's okay. My metabolism will take care of it. I'm still thinking about 
<laughs> the hot Cheetos. <laughs> oh yeah. Oof. Yeah, I I have a problem with that. <laughs> Not making very good dietary habits. So, and I keep telling myself I gotta enjoy it now while I'm still young. Cause yeah, once you oh, get older. No. no, nice. You gotta take care of it now so you don't have to it later. I had cheese for breakfast. <laughs> Well, cheese isn't bad. I mean, so again, everybody's different. Some people's men, uh, metabolism processes things a lot differently than others. Like for me, uh, once I hit 25, I noticed drastic changes in my metabolism to the point where I really have to be careful with some of the things I eat. Like I couldn't eat a bowl of cheese because my face would break out like immediately after. And it kills me because I would love to eat. Oh, why did you mention that, actually? <laughs> I have developed allergies to certain foods over the years. Oh, really? Which Isn't I that hate. crazy? Because that really crazy. I used to love... Is it clams? The yeah. small, yeah. Mm-hmm. The small little uh, seafood? Yeah, the, the shell, shell. pop open. Yeah, yeah. I used to love those when I was younger. I used to eat them all the time with like uh, f- French fries and meat, which was a really good dish. And nowadays, I cannot eat those because it just makes me feel like I want to die. Because mm. it just messes entirely oh my, my whole stomach, uh, my throat, my mouth. It's just like, it's crazy. Oh, no. You know, um, I was, we, before I graduated high school, we were actually talking about that and we were saying how, like, people who would eat seafood, who didn't eat it for a long period of time and ate it again, like, usually this applies to, like, way, way older people, they would feel really sick because their bodies weren't used to, like, the, the fish's, like, new intake of, like, pollution in the ocean. So, like, if you, like, eat seafood a lot and stuff, throughout the whole period of, like, the ocean getting more polluted, you become, like, more... I guess, like, immune to it in a way. Rather, if you haven't done it, eaten it in a while, then you, like, jump straight back into it. So maybe that could Uh, be it. That's crazy. Mm, That kind of makes sense. But, I mean, I eat fish not that often, but also not that rarely. So, yeah, I don't really (laughs) think that would be the case. (laughs) Yeah, it's... That's so... Like, uh, ugh. There's there's also... specific fruits that also kind of make me allergic hmm. uh, like cherries for example oh um, cherries are so good like if I eat cherries my whole the inside of my mouth just gets really itchy and, and uncomfortable so I can't do that that happens to me when I eat uncooked like bell peppers and stuff like if they're they're cooked it's fine but if I like try to eat them when they're all crunchy and stuff my chest feels super like hard to breathe so oh geez yeah that's- and that's never happened before when I was young it's like started happening like a few years ago so that's weird oh my goodness yeah the hard to breathe <laughs> part I think that's coming that's actually coming I don't know how to explain it in terms of terms but um yeah, that's more common than, than you might think. There's a lot of foods that do that. Cause like, I think it's like you're full or something, and it's just, it's kind of like trying to digest the food and whatnot, so you're kind of like 
having difficulties breeding and whatnot. That happens to me often as well. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I thought that was like, maybe that's something I should talk to my doctor about. But oh man. I mean, normal, you should then. still talk to your yeah, doctor. Yeah, if you, if you are Miss Namer, you were absolutely, oh, I stubbed a toe. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of it also comes from me working with seniors. So, oh, like, I yeah. see all manner of ailments, and a lot of them happened later in life. So to be fair, and these things just happened gradually as time went on. But there are many cases where a person was experiencing things in their younger years, but chose not to do anything about it. So now that they're in their 60s, 70s and 80s, it's really causing them problems to the point where they're like almost incapacitated. And I'm like, all you had to do was get it looked at. That's it. That's all you had. To- what? What is wrong? <laughs> So I, I'm like, I'm. There's things that are inevitable, though. Like it's, it's gonna happen no matter what. That's uh, this Uh, is true. This is very very recently. I saw a case of uh, this individual, uh, British Italian, who called Richard Benson. I never knew about the guy, but I saw a video on YouTube talking about him, and he has chronic arthritis. Arthritis. And he was a guitar player when he was younger. It was it was good, but now he cannot play the guitar because of his arthritis. Arthritis, you know. Oh, Eric Clapton is going through that too. Oh. But he's is very severe because he can barely walk at this point. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, so he still keeps trying to play the guitar, and he does shows where people throw food at him, and oh my God. people complain and stuff like that, and go shit on him. He keeps himself through the whole process of like that stuff, maybe because he knows it's an inev- uh, a thing that it's inevitable, and it's just gonna happen no matter what. But uh, it's. Maybe we talk about this at some point, like more specifically, but it's a very interesting story and it's, um, I don't know, it could actually be uplifting for some people because he puts himself through some things that other people most likely would not put themselves through and possibly even attempt other things. But um, yeah, and also another story is Total Biscuit. Uh, John Bain, who passed away, if I'm not mistaken, last year, in 2018. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, Total Biscuit was a YouTube critic of video games. And he would uh, most often than not, or actually all the time, he would be very realistic. And he would not get himself sold out to the media where most people in the in the in that media they would basically just get paid to say good things about their games so they would get a copy of a game get paid a certain amount of money and they would be like hey wow this game is amazing and stuff while the game was absolute trash total biscuit always denied to do this so he was a very uh it was a person seen with great regards um, or however you say that but he had uh, cancer at some point in time in his life and 
He was lucky enough to find out in time. Unfortunately, he passed away because of it. Um, the struggles were, were not, a, you know, or the 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 fight was just uh, not enough to to beat that that sucker. But he, one of the things he always said throughout his interviews and stuff like that was always. And this goes towards Miss Namer. Always check up on things. Always know what's happening, because you can have one of those things, and it could mess you up, or you could get treated in time uh, mm -hmm. before you pass away. So, yeah, look to to take care of those things. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of a cure. Do we hire a robot? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's one of my favorite sayings. Basically, it's like, you know, try to catch it before it gets bad. Yeah. <sighs> okay, guys. So I'm going to stop worrying you with my overreactivity to things. <laughs> so those were the five ways of self-improvement or five tips that we can give you. So again, just to repeat them. Number one is creating time to ponder. Number two is making making learning a habit. Number three is stop wasting your nights and get rest. Number four is get to know the nature of your desires. And number five, take care of yourself physically. Do you guys have mm -hmm. anything else you want to say? Check yourself before you wreck yourself, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say anything that can top that one. That was pretty epic. Yeah, I think that one. That one. <laughs> Alright guys, <laughs> so I think it's time now we're gonna close out for a minute so we're gonna end with a couple of inspirational quotes that we'd like to share. So I'm gonna start with mine just to keep you guys going until the next episode. There's only one corner of the universe that you that you can be certain of improving and that is yourself by Aldonis Huxley. Mm -hmm. This is a dice here, and mine is a little more kindness, a little less judgment. So please just be kind. That is, uh, yes, just be kind to everyone. And uh, Pauline here, and mine is from uh, the infamous Mark Twain. If you've never seen his movies and stuff, go uh, check in his books as well. <laughs> And anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. So don't be angry all the time, which is a great advice for myself because I'm always angry. So <laughs> yes, it's and I can tell you by personal experience, it's not a very good thing. And yes, if you are doing something that makes you angry, take a break. That is, if you don't want to stop doing it, but take a break. I know me, myself, personally, and other people are very frustrated easily. And anything we do can be incredibly, you know, um, inducive towards anger. So take a break. Breathe. Say a few words. Shout some, some swears if you need to. <laughs> and yeah, get your mind off of it. Well, everyone, that is Maze of Thoughts. Thank you for listening. So remember, if you like what you hear, please like and subscribe to Anchor, 
which we are Maze of Thoughts podcast on Anchor, as well as searching Maze of Thoughts podcast on Spotify. We have a Facebook, we've got Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Discord. So until next time, have a good one, everyone. This is Miss Nomer. Bye-bye. Bye.